0: My name is Detective James Keyes, and I'm not good with technology, but the copy says to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. So, make sure
1: you do that. Shark Dropper Studios presents to you...
2: Doppel Avenue Hurt. Case 3. Case 3. The Gold Hawk. Part 1. Winter Horror. Don't even think about coming any closer. You take one more step and the girl's gonna get it. Mr. K! Shut up. If
0: you hurt her, I swear our curse words don't scare me. <laughs> Fuck you.
3: Ooh, okay, that was a bit frightening.
0: Back in a warehouse at night, a storm raging outside. The bad guy was Johnny Morocco. He held Edith hostage, the gun pointed at the back of her head.
4: Jimmy Jones, I think I could sneak around. Just don't be seen. You got it, BRB.
0: Paul snuck around the corner and disappeared into the shadow. Give it up, Morocco. You won't make it out of here alive. Yeah, well, if I get it, so does your
5: secretary slash love interest.
0: No, no. We're not interested in love. She's my secretary and my friend. That's it.
2: Yeah, you dumbass. We're just friends. Like Ross and Rachel.
0: No, not like Ross and Rachel.
2: I mean, Phoebe. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like Ross and Phoebe. We're so much like Ross and Phoebe.
2: I protect Mr. K. I actually like Paul. What? I love him. I love that tubby piece of shit. I love him.
4: Wait, who, who the hell is Paul? Mm. Uh.
0: Paul lunged at Johnny Morocco. They wrestled on the ground. I grabbed Edith and pulled her to safety.
4: Uh.
0: I turned around to see Paul get kicked in the face. Uh. He tumbled back. Morocco stumbled for a gun, and I lunged. We both grabbed onto the same handgun. We wrestled back and forth. and tumbled down the set of stairs crashed through the window. I hung to the windowsill as my body tangled. Morocco clung to my leg. His weight was too much. My grip loosened.
3: Uh, looks like this is the end for both of us.
0: I don't think so. I kicked hard. Knocking Morocco square in the forehead.
1: Gah! Ah!
0: Morocco fell four stories, and landed on top of a bulldozer.
6: Mr. K! Jimmy Jones!
0: I couldn't hold on any longer. I saw Paul and Edith appear, but just then, I lost my grip, and fell. No! The wind was knocked right out of me. I felt bones break, and instant pain rushed in my body. Moments later, Paul and Edith ran out of the side door and over to me. My life started flashing before my eyes. Although it wasn't really my life. It was actually quarterback Matt Hasselbeck's life. Dying is so
4: weird. (laughs) Jimmy Jones, no.
2: Mr. K, stay with us.
4: (laughs)
0: Not gonna make it, Paul. Take over for me. You, you'd make a great
4: PI. And Edith, take care of Paul. Don't you worry, Jimmy Young. You can count on me.
2: And me. <laughs> Oh my God, look! Holy shit! Is that a giant ham sandwich with a face and a mustache?
6: Yes, it is I, the giant ham sandwich. For years you have eaten me. But now it is I who will eat you. Oh no! Let's get out of here. Come here. no nom 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 nom.
4: Wait, what? There was a giant ham sandwich and it kept chasing us. But eventually we were able to hide in a closet and me and Edith banged.
2: Ew! Gross! You're fucking gross. Stop dreaming about me, pervert.
4: Hey, it's only the 15th time.
2: I don't love you,
4: you tubby shit. Oh, stop calling me that. Edith,
0: Paul, and I sat in a booth at Terry's Diner, sipping coffee and talking about Paul's dream last night. It's been six months since Julianne was molded into a room at the Nut house. Six months since I was last shot. Two times in one year. It's like I was trying to get 50 cent a run for his money. It was December now. The first of December. Christmas was coming up. I need to start thinking about what I get for Edith. Paul already told me what he wanted for Christmas, a life-size standee of Spiral Agnew and a tall pony, which I think is
4: called a horse, but whatever. Can I tell you the end of the dream where we get transported to Vietnam and Edith becomes a walrus? Like an actual walrus? She's still cute, though, so we sex some more.
2: If you mention us doing it one more time, I'm gonna nail your tongue to the damn table.
6: Hey, sweetums, it's me, Joey. Joey Evernuckle. I got you that donut you asked for.
0: You know, Joey, you don't have to say your name every time. We know who you are.
6: I just want to make sure. There's a lot of Joey's out there, but I'm the best one, really. Joey Evernuckle was a weird guy. He and Edith started
0: officially dating a few months ago, although Edith consistently complained about him and threatened to end their relationship
6: constantly.
2: Why did you bring me my food? That's what the waitress is for.
6: I didn't want you to have to wait, sweetums.
2: Stop saying sweetums. It's gross.
6: Uh, I could call you sugar tush or honey puss, like when we're in the bedroom.
2: Joey, if you mention the bedroom one more time...
6: I know, I know. You'll nail my damn tongue to the table.
4: So, Jimmy John, what's new in the P.I. world? Anything crazy?
0: No, but cases ever made interesting. Nothing like Mrs. Good's case, but at least it's far from the boring cases of old. Work was much better, and coming in more quickly. I hadn't thought about expanding my business and hiring another private investigator, Joey. Joey Evernuckle constantly asked to be a part of my PI business. He wanted out of Blockmart. Who could blame him? I told him I'd think about it. No need to make any hasty decisions.
2: It's too bad that whore lied about having information on Desmond Grant.
0: It wasn't Desmond Grant, but his accomplice, the chameleon.
6: What the hell? She was friends with a lizard? No, the the chameleon is just a name I made up for Desmond Grant's accomplice. For those of us who weren't part of the first season, or even much of the second, who's Desmond Grant again? Let me tell, let me tell.
4: Go ahead, Paul. Desmond Grant is the main character from Jurassic Park. No, that's wrong.
0: Desmond Grant was the man responsible for my monkey heart. Although Arthur had a part in that, too. I'm still pissed about that. Anyways, Grant failed in his efforts to kill me. One day,
6: I'll get my vengeance. I wish I could get vengeance. I've always wanted to fight someone. I've been working out so whoever fought me would be scared. Have you seen my biceps?
2: No one wants to see your biceps, Joey.
6: I bet Mr. Keyes wants to see them. No, It's okay, Joey. Let me just roll up my sleeves so you can get a better look. Look! Look at them! Look at my biceps!
2: Shut up, Joey! Put your damn biceps away!
6: All right, God! I'm trying here! What? Okay, I think I'm going
0: to head back to the office. Edith, did you call back Mrs. Rose?
2: Who, the slut that likes to fuck for money?
0: She does does not do that. She's happily married.
2: But I bet her husband has given her money at one time or another. Probably. And her and her husband have sex.
0: Most, most likely. They have two kids.
2: Put two and two together, Mr. K. She fucks for money. Slut bag.
4: Oh yeah, speaking of women. That's a sexist transition, but go on. Whatever happened to that Jane girl you were seeing? That didn't last too long. Why's that? She was a dude the whole time. The
0: whole time. The whole time I knew her, she was a dude. Out. Well, it was. It was during a sexual encounter. Yeah, this is kind of embarrassing, but we were dressed as lions. Seems normal
4: to me.
2: Yeah. What's wrong with that, Mr. K? Uh, I
0: th- thought. i just figured it'd be a tad weird.
2: My old boyfriend and I used to role play all the fucking time. I'd dominate the hell out of him. I would dress like a sexy lumberjack, and he would be a tree.
6: Really. Me and my ex used to dress up, too. I would often be somebody muscular, like Sylvester Stallone or a straight-up gladiator. She would dress up like a helpless maiden. One time, I put quarters in Lorraine's pussy
4: and brought her to an arcade. We role-played that she was a broken change machine, and I was the mechanic, trying to fix her with my screwdriver dick. We're not allowed at Chuck E. Cheese anymore. Uh, Paul wins.
0: It wasn't a contest. Anyways, we were just as lions and singing that famous song from the Lion King.
2: Circle of Life?
0: No, the other one.
2: Oh.
0: We were really going at it. Things were getting really hot. And then I felt some junk near her nether regions. And at first I thought it was just a part of her suit. And? And it turns out that it wasn't. That junk was hers.
4: Ew! You touched a dick, Jimmy Joan!
0: So, that
4: ended that. We went our separate ways. But didn't you guys date for like five months? What's your point, Paul? It took you a long time to find out she was a dude. Okay, I, I may be a P.I., but, you know, not every case is easy to solve. It took me a couple fucking tries before I came to that discovery.
2: Fucking tries is right.
4: Well, if you guys aren't seeing each other, uh, can I get her a number? Paul, she was a guy. Ah, oh, shit, that's right. You just said that.
6: I'm going to go. I'll see you at the office, Edith. Hey, Mr. Keys. I hope me showing my biceps didn't scare you, and that's why you're leaving. Don't worry. I never worry. Remember, I'm the one with the huge biceps. I'm not afraid to jackknife somebody in the skull. That's good, I
4: guess. Jimmy John, you're paying for everything, right? I thought that's what you said. I said no such thing. Yeah, but I wouldn't have come down here to tell you about my dream and reminisce if I was going to have to pay. So I'm supposed to pay for everyone?
6: I thought that's what you said. Me too. Hey, I'd, uh, I'd pay if it weren't for my huge biceps. They're so big I can't reach into my back pocket. So what? That's where my wallet is.
0: Here. I dropped 40 bucks on the table, went to the coat rack, grabbed my coat, and headed out. <laughs> light snow began to fall as I headed out for the office. December already. I remember being a kid and sledding down the large banks with the coolest sled ever. It was called Rosebud. And that's a spoiler. I jumped in front of a car as I crossed the street. Sorry buddy. No more old fogies. They had all left and headed south for the winter, like most birds. I jumped the curb and walked past a liquor store where the owner and the customer were arguing. I slowed my pace as I reached an intersection where cars were zooming by. For some reason, I was thinking about Costa Rica. I still had that ticket Vendel and Carter had given me. A free ticket to a country where I would one day retire to. One day. One day. Until then, I just continued this P.I. business. I walked into the office and slid into my chair. It rolled from the desk so I could kick my feet up and relax. That's when I realized someone was sitting across from me on the couch. I
1: startled. Who the fuck... So I don't get a little invite to your little coffee get-together, huh? Jesus, Arthur, how'd you get in here? I, I picked the lock, whatever. would call that breaking and entering. I didn't break shit. Your lock still works. Eh. Actually, when I snuck into your office, I knocked one of your picture frames off the wall. It shattered. Shit. So I did break that, I guess. Hey, but your lock's fine. What do you want? I want to know what's up, big Jimbo. We're fucking besties. No, we're not
0: You lied to Paul You slept with his wife You made me lie to Paul You forced me to fucking take cases I didn't want to You tattled on me to the captain You got me arrested And apparently you just
1: broke one of my picture frames Oh, fuck the picture frame It was a picture of a boat Get over it You're forgetting one of the most important things here, Jimbo If it wasn't for me, you'd be dead Twice I was the one who made the quick decision to use a monkey hot. And I was the one that saved you as you fell through the burning movie theater. I was silent for a moment. Shit. As much as I didn't want to admit
0: it, he was right. At least about the burning theater. I cut you like a little baby. I was starting to feel bad. Did Arthur really want to be
1: friends? Okay, Arthur, how about this? Let's just wipe the slate clean. Oh, come on. Now you're going to make me do chores and shit? Then What? Mop your fucking floor? Shine your goddamn shoes? Okay, fine. You know what? Forget it. I'll clean the goddamn slate. Just show me what it is. How big is it? Wait. What's a slate? Arthur, I mean, let's just let everything go and start fresh. You and me, were good. Everything that happened in the past was forgotten, okay? Now there's the kind of shit I like to hear. So next time you go to Terry's diner, you're invited. Well, Terry's diner is a shithole. I'm going be caught dead in there? We're alive for that matter. Jesus. I'll tell you what, if you pick another place that coffee, I'm there. Good, whatever. ha! <laughs> big Jimbo and King Arthur, wiping the slate clean. High five? Let's not. I really don't want to have to threaten you here.
0: Ugh, fine.
1: After we high five
0: several times and played a game of patty cake, Arthur was in the mood to play, Arthur took off and left me alone in my office. I leaned back in the chair and closed my eyes. Moments later, a knock at my door. Edith? A woman stepped in. She wore tight black pants and a thin fur coat. Can I help you?
3: Sorry, I didn't see your secretary, so I... Miss Rose? Yes.
0: Oh, come in, have a seat. I got up and shook her hand. She had delicate hands. The kind of hands you want to caress your back and neck, but not too much. Because they're so delicate, they may become strained and develop calluses like a tennis player. And nobody wants a tennis player rubbing their back. Maybe their stomach, but definitely not their back. I know why you're here. I looked over your files and I have to say the reports were vague.
3: I didn't want to give anything away.
0: Yes, but I'm not even sure what you're asking from me.
3: I need your help.
0: As much as I'd like to help you in whatever that may be, I actually just took on a case the other day. Maybe you heard about the theft at the museum last week? I did. That's going to be taking up a lot of my time.
3: Could we talk? Aren't we? Is it possible to go somewhere where I could explain my problem?
0: Go somewhere private?
3: Would that be alright?
0: Does the office not work for you?
3: Would the outdoors not work for you?
0: Where did you have in mind?
3: A park, perhaps?
0: Does the cold not bother you?
3: Did you not see my coat?
0: Will you be offended if I declined?
3: Would you at least hear my story?
0: Is the park far?
3: Well, what do you consider far?
0: I tried to think of another question to keep this game going. I always wanted to be on Whose Line Is It Anyways. This to be the closest I ever get. About five miles.
3: Uh, what?
0: How about five miles being... Too far? That was supposed to be a question.
3: I'm not sure what's going on.
0: Alright, I lose.
3: Were we playing a game? Yeah,
0: the question game from Whose Line. But I lost. I said a statement.
3: So, does this mean you'll hear my story?
0: Actually, let's start over. I'll go first. How are you?
3: Can we just go to the park?
0: Yeah, okay. I'll get my coat. I grabbed my coat and Miss Rose and I jumped in a cab. park she was talking about was a small field with a tiny playground and a few trees. The snow continued to fall. The grass was white and glittery when sunlight poked through the clouds. The cab pulled up to the curb, but Miss Rose didn't get out. Well?
3: Alright, I'm going to be honest with you now.
0: Good. Wait, were you not being honest before?
3: Not entirely.
0: What are we doing here?
3: There's someone here to see you.
0: Who? I looked out the window to see a person sitting on a park bench. The person wore a dark cloak like Basinger in L.A. Who's that?
3: She wanted me to get you here.
0: So your case was... Made up. Oh, man, you made me read for, like, no reason. Sorry. Apology not accepted. Go to her. Then I thought about it. Oh shit, this had to be someone I knew. Could it be, could it be Angela, my high school sweetheart that I boinked earlier this year, only to have her disappear and leave me. I quickly got out of the cab and made my way across the wet grass. When I reached the bench, I took a deep breath. Angela? No, no. No, 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 no. That's when I realized this wasn't Angela. This was... Oh, God, no. This was the only person in the whole world I never wanted to see again. This was the worst of the worst. This was the demon in the human skin. The devil. She was the devil. This was... (laughs) My ex-wife. My hair rose on my arms and neck. My eyes watered, my mouth dried. My penis wiggled and retracted into my body like a turtle. That's right, I had no more penis. I only had testicles and I could even feel them trying to sniggle back in there into my body. She smirked and batted her eyes.
5: Hello, James.
0: Oh god. And that's when I threw up. Again. And again. (coughs) <coughs> and again
5: Doppel Avenue Hurt. Written by Robert M. Lamb. edited by Amber Simpson, Adam Jetmore and Robert M. Lamb. Starring. Kyle Appleyard as Keys, Amy LaRay as Edith, Jose Caraballo as Paul, Jonathan Moss as Arthur, and Ariel Zadok as Lauren. Co-starring Robert M. Lamb, Brett Wilkins, Maria Baumgartner, Brian Messick, Mike Lenhart, Jack Austin, and Seth York. Music provided by Incompetech, DMix Music, and Bensound.com. Don't forget to rate and review Doppel Avenue Hurt on both iTunes and Stitcher. And go to www.sharkdropper.com for other fictional shows such as this one, including Paralyzed, a psychological creature feature, Cop Doctors, another spoof comedy series, and End of All Hope, an apocalyptic sci-fi tale.
1: Seconds to shark drop. Five, four, three, two, one. Drop the shark! Go! 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 The following podcast is a Shark Dropper Studios production.